Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Cabbage Corp podcast began. Hey, this is Josh. And this is Christian. And welcome to the Cabbage Corp podcast. The Cabbage Corp podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you like to listen to your favorite podcast. Head to anchor.fm slash cabbagecorppod to find the podcast app of your choice. Also, for our Korean listeners, don't worry, we are also on Podbang. If you like this episode, make sure to like, subscribe, and share. We love to hear from all of you guys, so leave comments and reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Welcome back to the Cabbage Core Podcast. We've reached episode 7. Episode 7, Christian, we're here. I can't believe it. This is the end, my friend. Let me just tell you that. We're covering episodes 18, 19, and 20 of book one, the very last few of book one. How are you feeling right now? We've been through a lot already. Yeah. The ending is perfect for me. Yes. Book one ending, perfect. Um, For the listeners here, we usually record on the weekend during a nice afternoon. Mm -hmm. It is um, pitch black outside right now. (laughs) It's a Monday night, but um, I'm so excited to talk about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I told you before we started recording, but... Episodes 19 and 20 might be two of my favorite episodes in the entire series. So um, it's so much going on, so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Before we jump in on that, um, let's uh, recap a little bit about the Avatar State total and the power rankings as, uh, as, as they're presently construed. So for the Avatar State, we are still at five. We haven't gotten to Avatar State in two episodes of ours now, which yeah. is six episodes in Avatar time. Yeah. Five. But this is good because Aang keeps growing in that way. He doesn't Mm -hmm. have to go into that way. But spoiler, (laughs) no matter what Avatar State, ding, ding, ding. And then then the power ranking, oh my goodness. (laughs) Sokka and Aang are tied right now for three points. Sokka, what famous water tribe peasant, (laughs) southern water tribe peasant, is tied with the last airbender, the Avatar himself. Uh, We did not see this coming. Not at all. It's only you can only see this reality come to fruition if you actually do a rewatch and yeah. look at it like us because we were so confused when we were mm-hmm. like me and you were both staring at each other, being like, "Is this how it's is Sokka? this? What <laughs> and when and how and why?" And uh, it's Sokka. Yeah, it is Sokka. It's been Sokka this whole time, <laughs> the true savior of us all. Oh my god! Yeah, and Katara is two points, uh-huh. and. Zuko and Uncle Iroh are tied at one point right One now. point, one point. And we, I know we like to spoil a little bit here and there, but again, book one, as as many times as we do see important moments from Zuko and Uncle Iroh, this is really not their season, right? Yeah, so, it's, it's really not. Yeah, for the for the Zuko heads, for the Uncle Iroh heads, I'm sorry, but um, this episode ain't looking great for y'all either. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump into um, episode 18. Episode 18. The episode starts off with the trio finally making it to the Northern Water Tribe, where they meet Princess Yue and Master Paku. Aang and Katara are excited to learn, but to both their surprise, Master Paku refuses to teach Katara on the basis of Northern tradition to only teach combative waterbending to the men of the tribe. An outraged Katara demands a duel. Meanwhile, Sokka is making moves to get to know Princess Yue more. Admiral Zhao sabotages Zuko's plan by taking his crew for an expedition to the North Pole and plots to kill him. The episode ends when Master Paku wins the duel, but not before realizing that Katara is the granddaughter of Kana, the love of his life. The Fire Nation, led by Admiral Zhao, 
set sail to conquer the Northern Water Tribe once and for all. Now some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Admiral Zhao, patience, Captain Lee. Sokka, you know, back in my tribe, I'm kind of like a prince myself. Uncle Iroh, I'm afraid so. He's taking everyone, even the cook. Katara, no way am I apologizing to a sour old man like you. Oh boy. <laughs> um, 18 kind of sets us off on this three-episode arc. It's definitely a three-episode arc, which mm-hmm. is perfect for us because we, we cover it in three episodes yes. all the time. Admiral Zhao, we've talked about him in the past, the big bad of the series, of the mm-hmm. big so far. And we really see um, kind of the power-hungry, the the smart, but also terrifying Admiral Zhao and why he's such a good villain in season one. And um, I think uh, when Captain Lee, one of his subordinates, tells uh, him that we need to pursue the Avatar right away, he uh, Admiral Zhao gives us some character into the Water Tribe and says that we can't be stupid by just taking a small force. We need to go there with an army and ready to conquer the entire mm-hmm. thing if we're, we're going to yeah. do seriously. And it was nice. I guess, like, even though he's a villain, you really come to see, like, he's so smart. Yes. Like, he knows what he's doing. And it's a respect thing for, for him. He's like, he respects power, right? Yeah. So when he's like, you cannot, it's, he says, the Avatar is going to the Northern Water Tribe to learn waterbending. He knows that much already. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we cannot take them until we have a large enough force. They're not like some kind of peasant country we can just yeah. defeat. And so that sets us up to see this, like, who is this water tribe that has um, outlasted the Fire Nation for this long? Mm-hmm. And then that sets up this entire city. That yeah, and it talks about, like, how cold it is there. And they're just like, no, we can't go there without being prepared for, like, basically a long war. Mm. And so... It was, it was interesting to see, and it, it makes sense to why the Fire Lord made him Admiral. Like, yes. It makes so much sense. He's very um, Fire Nation. Yes. Yeah, he's and he's, he's a pure Fire Nation. Mm-hmm. Azula's probably the, the single most um, burning bright flame of the Fire Nation. It represents everything they think about, but Admiral Zhao is kind of the military edge of that. Mm-hmm. Christian, yeah. talk to us about Sokka here, because oh. this is a pure... Um, <laughs> it doesn't hurt to be the Avatar relationship corner yeah. right here, but we love it. It's... It's so fun. We love it. This is Sokka's maybe one true love. Oh my god, this quote is so funny. He's a dummy. Okay, what is he saying? It's, it's so funny. He's just like, I'm kind of a prince myself in his tribe back home. And Katara is looking at him like, what the heck are yeah, you yeah. saying? He's the only guy, yeah. you know? Um, but it was it was nice to see that side where like Katara and Aang are like, oh my god, like we want to learn how to water bend, but we can't because of all these rules. And Sokka's just like, where is Princess Yue? Yeah, yeah. Sokka <laughs> sees sees her um, just in a boat as they arrive, and he's just immediately infatuated in love. Yes. Um, you know, this is a family friendly podcast, so I can't say Katara was cock blocking his her brother, but. <laughs> She was Katara blocking, as usual. <laughs> she was doing what she does. He's spitting game to the princess right now, you know? And he's just like a little a little farmer boy from the south. And, uh, you know, sometimes we got to big each other up. So Sokka somehow is, like, really uh, really charming to all the ladies in the Avatar I universe. I know, but he's so, like, weird, too. But maybe it's because, like, as the audience, <clears throat> they've shown us the very, 
like brother side of Sokka. Sure. So yeah, we yeah. all view Sokka as like our older or younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we see him flirt, it's like, oh, cringe. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's like Sokka Opa, but not in the cool way. Yeah. Like, it's like the worst way. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, you're trash, Sokka. <laughs> Damn it, Sokka's in the lead. How did this happen? <laughs> Again. Okay, um, the next quote, Uncle Iroh. Uh, just, you know, this is kind of in line with the, the, the quote right before, right? It's a nice um, line, moment of levity in the midst of, like, this really war-conquering thing. Uncle Iroh, of course, complaining that the cookie's being taken away. But um, Admiral Zhao scoops up all of Zuko's force yes. to take to take them up north to fight. Yeah. Which also sets up the table for Admiral Zhao's really uh, nefarious, evil plan to yes. destroy and blow up Zuko. Yeah. Oh my god. I think I forgot this episode. Like, mm. what Admiral Zhao was actually going to do to Zuko. And that was, like, rewatching it. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. He's, e like, pure evil. Pure evil. Um, But I really liked Uncle Iroh because I feel like I understood that he was super wise and he gained a lot of respect. And he's always had that balance of, like, being serious yet not taking everything so seriously yeah. but this quote made me think that he's really smart and he, i feel like he says these things in front of commander like admiral zhao to like downplay Ooh. what he knows i see does that make sense no 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 i could see that yeah. and he plays the fool like this all the time yeah and he's done it he did it until the end and right. when he was in prison too and i think I didn't realize until this moment because he says it in front of Admiral Zhao. And of course, Uncle Iroh is not happy that his soldiers are going mm. away. And the plan that they had is completely gone. So I, I really like that quote from him too. Because it was like he was seriously talking to Zuko. But kind of like trying to downplay that they Zuko and Uncle Iroh knew this was super, super serious. Yeah, because Admiral Zhao was about to walk into the room as well, right, yeah. when he's saying this. So mm -hmm. that's also important. Uncle Iroh is always aware of his surroundings. Yeah. Um, this next quote by Katara, no way, am I apologizing, no way am I apologizing to a sour old man like you. Ooh. Um, Katara has always had a, a strong spine outside of falling for Jet. <laughs> um, which she can't be helped, I get it. We've talked about this in the past. But we see here Katara, um, her whole, her entire ambition since her mother was taken really was like, mm -hmm. I need to learn how to waterbend to maybe protect yeah. the people that I love. And she finally gets up here with the avatar himself. And all of a sudden this crotchety old man is telling her that because you're a girl, little girl, I cannot teach you. And I mean, the heart of it is like women are inferior, women yeah. are weaker, and you cannot um, leave the fighting to the men. Um, this really represents a lot of Northern Water Tribe culture. And Katara here, who, as she's told us many times, has seen her you know, mother taken away from her, yeah. has seen everything taken away from her, says she doesn't give a shit. She says, yeah. I'm here to learn waterbending, and I don't care if you're a master. She says, I'm going to lose. She tells Saka, I'm going to lose, but I can't stand down. Yeah, and, and um, I, I that's love really that awesome. about her. Yeah. Um, we saw that a little bit with the Earth Kingdom, Earth yeah. Kingdom soul, uh, benders when they got captured uh -huh. as well, her speeches. But this is the first time I think since then we've seen Katara really stand up and deliver. Yeah, I think I really like this because she does try. Like in the beginning, she's like, okay, for Aang, I'll try to do this. I'll apologize. But she realizes that even with these customs and stuff, she's kind of like, no, this is should not be like, this is not okay. Because women have the capacity to fight mm. just like men. And 
we'll talk about it later, but this fight scene, we've never seen Katara fight like this oh, ever. Yeah. Like, I'm sure a part of her knew she could do these things, but I don't think she, like, we as an audience ever saw the, how much she could do. Right. And I think um, Katara is always so, her bending is so tied to her emotion a lot of times. Even yeah. in episode one, we talk about all the time, the iceberg splitting in half mm-hmm. because Katara was upset with Asaka. We see that again happening mm-hmm. in the throne room when Master Paco calls her a little girl and tells her to apologize. She's like, I absolutely will not apologize to you. And then she splits like half the, half mm-hmm. the ice in the throne yeah. room in half. Just showing her that the natural unharnessed ability that she has that she can't control right now is immense. And Master Paco will actually unlock that kind of inadvertently in a second here. Yeah, and thinking about it, Katara, she was able to learn healing and bloodbending, spoiler alert, without really being taught, taught. Yeah. Like with the healing, she was able to do it even before she got into the Northern Water Tribe. Right. She just naturally was able to. And I think that's just a small sign of how powerful she actually is. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is um, the comeback trail for Katara. I think we're going to see that. Yeah. She was very like, she wasn't really like active yeah, yeah. in the previous episode. She was there supporting cast kind of feel. Right, right, right. But then this episode, I feel like she really stood up. Katara Harris right here. Come, <laughs> Madam Vice President coming back. It's incredible. Um, some more quotes in the episode. Uncle Iroh. No nephew of mine is going to stow away on a ship without some backup. I love that. Master Paku. You have disrespected me, my teachings, and my entire culture. You are no longer welcome as my student. Katara. But she didn't love you, did she? It was an arranged marriage. Grand Grand wouldn't let your stupid customs ruin her life. That's why she left. It must have taken a lot of courage. <sighs> okay, before we hit on how gangster Katara is in this entire series, um, <laughs> Uncle Iroh. Oh, I love this. Okay, so we have to address the context around this because, like we were talking about before, Zuko is inches away from dying. Like, mm-hmm. this is how serious this is. Like, um, Admiral Zhao pays the pirates to plant explosive on Zuko's ship when there's no one left. Uncle Iroh asks him to go on a walk. Zuko refuses. Uncle Iroh is walking away. It's so sad, too, by the way. I can't imagine Uncle Iroh's mindset when this is happening, yeah. right? Side note Uncle Iroh was supposed to be on that ship, meaning Commander Zhao was going to kill him, too. However, I remember in the beginning, Commander Zhao said, mm. uh, not Commander, sorry, Admiral Zhao says to Uncle Iroh, my offer is still available. Will you come with me? Yeah. And Uncle Iroh decides to stay. So I feel like Commander Zhao didn't want to actually kill Uncle Iroh. It was like collateral to killing Zuko. Right. So he like gave him the chance to leave. But well, Do you feel like that's more like he was, Zhao was trying to really throw Uncle Iroh off his scent? Because he would have just killed him regardless. He didn't care if Uncle Iroh was really there. I think... Or do you feel like he wanted him to somehow survive and not blame him? Like, I think it's a little complex. I think he wanted Uncle Iroh to survive. Okay. I think even with when you hear them talk later, like, you do see that Uncle Iroh and Commander Zhao can have a conversation. You know, like, they are both... They were both war kind of like they're war heroes yeah 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 it's like uncle iroh was the war hero that commander Zhao kind of wanted to be and better so he wants to be able to kind of show off in that way and i think that's why he wanted 
um, Admiral, uh, not sorry, Uncle Iroh there, and he had that's, a lot of wisdom yeah, too. That's a great take. I think maybe because we know how um, evil and shit of a person Jiao is, like he reminds Uncle Iroh that this will not be a repeat of your failure at Bossing Say. So maybe he wanted to overcome his like quote unquote hero, war hero. Um, and show him that he can be a better, bigger, uh, yeah. bigger hero than he can. Mm-hmm. And that's Zhao has a trump card in his mind, with, mm-hmm. which is we'll get into yeah. later. But and I, I do feel like he does in some way do respect Uncle Iroh because he knows a lot about him too. That's later true. on, we hear some stuff too. And but he looks um, at like he looks at men like Uncle Iroh and Zhang Zhang as foolish. Yes. For their mercy, and so I'm not sure. I think for a guy like him, maybe the respect and maybe the knowledge might be there, but at the same time, I think. Because he's so prideful mm, himself, yes, he can't overcome true. that they're just silly old men, even though mm. that they have a heart and a conscience. Yeah. No. Um, also, a, the important note, this is how smart Zhao is. I mean, maybe not so, so smart on this, but Zuko got the fucking blue spirit sword just hanging in his room. Oh my this god. This idiot. He might as well put the blue mask there too. But this is when you realize Uncle Iroh knows too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you were never really told, but True. Uncle Iroh just knows. Yeah, He's yeah. like, oh yeah, like, they're... And there's like a, it's a decoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah It's yeah. a prop. And um, so I think that's also why Zhao's like, I'm going to kill this man. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. We find that out later on in the last episode. Uh, and Master Paku. Master Paku. Oh man, so this is, uh, it was interesting to me because we talk about this a lot even in, in like, cultural theory and discourse mm-hmm. is are we going into a space and imposing like you go to a different country yeah like where is the line between like respecting their customs and when like there's a violation of a human right you mm-hmm. know and I think for this one the Northern Water Tribe had some really backwards ways about it mm-hmm. but Master Paku in his oldness and in his, um, it brings up the culture argument here, right? You have disrespected my entire culture. You've disrespected me and um, as a teacher. And now you're no, wel- no longer welcome as my student. He's, tell- yeah. he's telling Aang this. After Aang is teaching Katara on the side, what he's yeah. learned. So um, this is just kind of like, I thought it was interesting. We can get into the larger cultural discussion on a different different time, different podcast. But yeah. it's, uh, he, he was the only teacher for Aang. Like that's mm-hmm. that was somehow settled. Like even with all the waterbenders, the chief of the Northern Water Tribe was like, Master Paku will be the only one to teach you. Yeah. And um Aang almost gives, you know, it loses all that to some really backwards mm-hmm. cultural thinking. Yeah. I I would say though, I could understand this culture due to how powerful the Northern Water Tribe was. They didn't need women to fight. Like, they didn't need them to fight. And I think that, for me at least, like, that's probably the best way I could put it. Yeah. Where when the men did fight, there were enough men to fight, and then the women would heal them. Like, that was the role that was set in place. While for, in the Southern Water Tribe, they fought, like, side by side, because there wasn't enough men to fulfill that role. Mm. And I think for Katara and her journey, she needs to learn to help Aang and to fight this battle. But in the Northern Water Tribe, there is no need for women to fight. Right. And I think that has a huge influence on their viewpoint where it's not to disrespect the women. It's more to say kind of we were, I guess, we were fortunate enough to not have to struggle in this area. Yeah. And I, I mean, Christian's getting into the, the cultural stuff now, which is awesome. I think the 
I agree. I think that's probably the healthiest way to look at this. Mm-hmm. You know, why cultural norms exist in the first place is because of necessity in a lot of places. I think, and the creators and the writers make this a little more kind of like um, directly sexist because of how <laughs> Masabaku talks. Yes. Oh my God. But like, it's like, while it might have started off with like um, well-intentioned and a self-sufficient society like that, the way that Masabaku addresses Katara is, you know, a manner of putting her down as, yeah, as a sure. woman of sexism. So, Again, while the cultural stuff may be um, an example of, of real of real power and beauty for the community, it comes out in a really ugly way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and Katara's last quote. Yeah, she. so we find out that Master Paku was engaged to Katara's grandmother, Kana. Grand-grand. Oh, grand, yeah, grand-grand, Kana. And I believe this is the first time we hear grand-grand's real name. I don't even care about her name. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, but I that. really like this because she saw she kind of realized her kind of spirit came from Grand Grand too. Yeah, no, for sure. And that's like that's that's a really beautiful thing when you find out like that your ancestors had had some of the same spirit and, and feeling as you did. Um, that's a good thing. It's this changes everything. This is Katara in the history of the Northern Water Tribe is fundamentally mm-hmm. changes the, the discourse around gender relations and gender yeah. norms. It's incredible. And she has a huge impact on that. Katara. Katara, way to go. <laughs> on to the next one. We begin in the Northern Water Tribe, where we see Katara has advanced to new levels as a waterbender thanks to the help of Master Paku. Sokka continues to get to know the already betrothed Princess Yue. The joy of our characters comes to an abrupt end when the Fire Nation declares war on the Northern Water Tribe. Our trio fight side by side with the Northern Water Tribe, but the odds are against them, leading Aang to ask for help from the spirits. Zuko is on his own as he ventures out to sneak into the Northern Water Tribe in order to capture the Avatar. As Aang goes into the spirit world, Zuko finds him and fights Katara, successfully capturing Aang's body as the Avatar walks through the spirit world. Now some of our favorite quotes from the episode. Master Paku, with a change of heart. Katara, you've advanced more quickly than any student I've ever trained. You have proven that with fierce determination, passion, and hard work, you can accomplish anything. Raw talent alone is not enough. Princess Yue. (laughs) Sokka, this is wrong. Jesus. Uncle Iroh. Be careful what you wish for, Admiral. History is not always kind to its subjects. Aang. I wasn't there when the Fire Nation attacked my people. I'm going to make a difference this time. Princess Yue. But you have to. You're the Avatar. Aang. I'm just one kid. Oof. Yeesh. <laughs> um, so, Master Paku now, knowing that Katara is the granddaughter of his uh Dearly beloved, has a huge change of heart. Yeah. He's now the nicest man in the world. <laughs> Maybe it happened a little too quickly uh, of this man's um, entire worldview being shattered over the course of maybe a 20-minute Nickelodeon episode, but mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful. Um, now we realize also Katara is approaching master status. Yeah, she's so naturally gifted. Exactly. Um, for what we are talking about before, her emotional state, the power that she's always had. Now that you've had a master, and Zuko keys in on this later when, when they fight oh, for the first yes. time, which is incredible because Zuko, as a com- combative dude, can immediately tell when there's a difference. Mm-hmm. But um, Master Paku gives 
Katara the ultimate affirmation as a waterbender, and that's what she's wanted from the beginning we've known her from mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. Yeah. It's a nice wrap of the bow. Yeah, I, I loved that it started with that. We yeah. see that there has been a time lapse because of Katara learning so fast and so quickly, but we know there is a time lapse there. Um, but it was, I love that intro right there because it left off where Katara really put her foot down and now Master Paco had a 180. <laughs> this is, this is a, this is a win. This is a dub for Katara right here. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, UA, I, so I put this quote down cause it was so ridiculous. It's, this one was just like, you know, it's like teenage love. They're going back and forth. And of course, Princess UA's life is very complicated, but it was just straight up like, and Christian, thank you for 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 doing <laughs> it on, live best. on live on camera. I'm like, but she's just like, ha ha, Saka, this is wrong. Like she's so temperamental. She knows she's under the weight of the burden of her family, mm-hmm. but she really loves Saka for some reason. And then it's like, yeah. can't get enough of this guy. <laughs> and so I, I I just seeing Saka's face after like he's making her laugh, and she's like, Saka, this is wrong. It was just so funny to me. That's why it's included here. Yeah, and Uncle Iro, uh, I really like this. I feel like he kind of reminds Admiral Zhao that it's just not going to turn out the yeah. way he wants it to. And Uncle Admiral Zhao is pretty nasty towards that comment, too. He's For just sure. like, oh, like, I'm not going to end up like how you ended up embossing say. I mean, this is the man, right, who's obsessed with his own legacy. He calls himself Zhao, the man who... Um, blotted out the moon, right? So mm-hmm. when Uncle Iroh challenges him with some actual wisdom, he's like, I don't want to hear any of your freaking stupid stories. Yeah. Um, Aang here. I wasn't there when the Fire Nation attacked my people. I'm oh. going to make a difference this yeah. time. Aang, again, driven by immense guilt uh, about leaving, about running mm-hmm. away, and what the world, the state of the world that's happened in the hundred years he's gone. So um, it's just a big example of that, how much weight is on his shoulders and how guilt will continue to drive him until we get to like, the end of this series. Yeah, when, basically. When he stops feeling guilty, yeah. which is great. I really, yeah, I feel like this quote really made him become more motivated too to defend the Northern Water Tribe because he, I'm sure he knew a part of why they were fighting the Northern Water Tribe at this moment was mm. because of Aang. Like, I, I'm sure over time, the Fire Nation would have attacked nor- the Northern Water Tribe, but not as fast. Oh, yeah. They're there you because know? he's because there. Because he's there. And so he knows exactly what's happening. And he's seen this through all the villages and all the places he's been to. They get destroyed or something happens mm. there. And I think Aang is kind of just like, enough is enough. This yeah. is... I stayed here long enough and I've grown with these people. My master that I slightly learned from as we know um they're here and i think it it really like you said he realizes like this burden and this guilt that he has from kind of not fulfilling his role before and that's Um, like i mean that's a great point because i mean that's why the show is so good at balancing humor and tragedy together because Aang goes into this, the plot is Aang and the gang goes into a new city, makes some friends, and are immediately attacked by the Fire Nation because of Aang. You know, it's yeah. this kind of... It's so this, sad. It's like the snake eating its own tail at mm-hmm. a certain point. Yeah, and then we have Princess Yue and Aang. This is after Aang goes out and tries to, like... Well, he does. He accomplishes destroying a bunch of Fire Nation ships. But it's too much for him, and Princess Yue is kind of like... You have to win this war. You're the Avatar. And Aang is just so distraught. And he's like, I'm just one kid. And 
it's so sad to see Aang try his like hardest to help, but you see that it just doesn't work out. And I really like this quote from Princess Yue because as much as it can seem like, oh, how could you say that to Aang? She also understands her responsibility as a princess, the role that she has, which is why I feel like she's really the only one that could have said this to Aang. Like, you have to. You're the avatar. That's your role. Just like my role as a princess, we see later on, is to keep my kingdom safe. And turn into the fucking moon every once in a while. Um, And I I really like that because I feel like if it was anybody else, it would have been like, what yeah. the hell? Like, who are you to say? But but these are two people who know the responsibility. Yes, and I, I really like that because it just... Aang understands where Princess Yue is coming from, which is why I don't think there's any anger. And Katara's there too. She never says anything. Yeah. Whereas when we heard this old man in, in I believe, two episodes ago say basically a very similar thing to Aang, like, you weren't there, Katara defends Aang. Right. And I think... It's, it is because, like, that fisherman doesn't understand that responsibility. That's important. Katara doesn't really um, make Aang be like, you, you have to do this. You're the mm-hmm. avatar. Because Aang already gets that conclusion himself. But it is this special bond that Princess Yue and Aang have with the spirit world that actually makes this mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Some more quotes from the episode. Uncle Iroh, I'm sorry. I just nag you because, well, ever since I lost my son... I think of you as my own. This motherfucker Han. <laughs> what do you care? You're just a simple rube from the Southern Water Tribe. What would you know about the political complexities of our life? <laughs> what a fucking bitch, dude. Princess Yui. The legends say that the moon was the first waterbender. Our ancestors saw how it pushed and pulled the tide and learned how to do it themselves. Our strength comes from the spirit of the moon. Our life comes from the spirit of the ocean. They work together to keep balance. Oof. Good Yue voice. <laughs> Prince motherfucking Zuko, you rise with the moon. I rise with the sun. He's such a <laughs> punk rock bastard. I know. This guy. He has these he's, quotes that are just like, whoa, where, is, where an, is this coming from? He's such an emo edgelord. And though. he always does this with the Katara. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm like... He, Oh, freaking Zutara. Oh, damn. They got some weird, weird, funky chemistry. Yes. Again. Um, Uncle Iroh, t- tell me about this one. Oh, this made me so sad because this is the first time Uncle Iroh, exp- like, from what we, we know that he sees Zuko as his son, but this is the first time he vocalizes this to Zuko. Sure. And Zuko says after this quote, like, I know. So they already know their bond and how much they mean to each other. But I think the reason why this is so important is because they don't know if they're gonna ever see each other again after this point. Like they don't, he Uncle Iroh doesn't know if Zuko's gonna die yeah. on this journey because it's ice cold, and Uncle Iroh's like constantly trying nagging him, make sure you like your fire is really important to you, mm. your breathing, all these kind of things. But um, it was really, uh, it was so sweet, and you see that Uncle Iroh betrays the Fire Nation for. Zuko. Easily. 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 And you know that this is going to happen, but this is a huge turning point in the relationship with Zuko and Uncle Iroh too because before, I believe in the last episode, Zuko says, you didn't have to do this, Uncle. And Uncle Iroh's like, no nephew of mine is 
gonna mm. stow away on a ship without my help. And I think for Zuko, he always knew Uncle Iroh loved him, but I'm sure a part of him was like, but he's faithful to the Fire Nation right. in some way. But this really solidified Zuko realizing that it's family over everything. Yeah. So I the really bond like within it. them is mm-hmm. uh, within these last three episodes is incredible, and yeah. I think it gets strengthens again and again. Han. Han, I mean, he's so unimportant outside for the fact about what he tells me from about um, northern versus southern water tribe culture, right? So because the southern water tribe is uh, smaller, maybe less um, less technologically civilized than the northern water tribe, they look down upon their 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 sister tribe as mm-hmm. um, lesser in a lot of ways. And Sokka mm-hmm. is, I mean, there's, uh, I mean, they both live on ice. So I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> But yeah, it's and and of course Sokka is like super bitter because Han is betrothed to, to Yue, or mm-hmm. the, yeah, they're they're supposed to be engaged. But Han has such a a way of talking down uh, to Sokka because of where he's from, mm-hmm. and I think this sets up, and we'll talk about this in a minute. But this sets up the larger Northern versus Southern Water Tribe in Legend of Korra to come. Mm, yeah, and the relationship between those tribes, like yes, yeah, even here, like we. When they were in the Southern Water Tribe in the first episodes, they were kind of like, I remember Aang mentioning like, hey, what about the Northern Water Tribe? And Katara was like, we haven't heard from them like, yeah. in years. Right, right, and right. That was interesting that we see this again reoccur here. Kind of that like distance between mm. these two tribes. And I think we'll see it, we'll see it in the, the next episode as well, but... Master Pakwin's returning to the Southern Water Tribe yeah. to not only get with Grand Grand, but to also help rebuild whatever connection yeah. they've had together. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Princess Yue. This is, I mean, this is Yue on full spirit mode already. You know, mm-hmm. she's just like, like she's acting like Princess Galadriel, Queen Galadriel in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> it's like she's just talking about what the hell waterbending comes from, similar to what Toffle will talk about in terms of the Badger Mole's earthbending. Yeah. But she talks about the moon and the ocean being essentially the first waterbenders in history and that the ancestors figured out how to waterbend through the push and pull of things. Yeah. And so I thought this was kind of a fun legend to, to kind of talk through. Um, a lot of people have issues with the, the Legend of Korra and their, their the, you know, the Avatar One series. Mm, talk about okay. this and being like Princess Yue is talking about the moon being the first waterbender, but we obviously see these the, the lion turtles being the the essential yes. first benders for all this. So we'll get into that. Don't worry, we have a full deep dive coming up. Yes. And the last quote. We talked about this a little bit, but it's incredible. He's incredible. It's just You rise with the moon, I rise with the sun. <laughs> what a what a what a bad boy. This uh, guy. He's the Justin Bieber, like 20, 2010's Justin Bieber of it my was, life. This quote is just like you. I love you. <laughs> the finale of book one is part two of the battle between the Northern Water Tribe and the Fire Nation. Aang's walk through the spirit world leads to the discovery that the moon spirit and the ocean spirit crossed over to the mortal world. To find their identities, the Avatar must speak to Ko, the face dealer. With much suspense, Aang extracts from Ko that he has already seen the moon and ocean spirits in the mortal world, in the form of the two koi fish in the spirit pond. The gang rush back to the spirit oasis only to find Admiral Zhao moments before he kills the moon spirit. Chaos reigns and when all hope seems lost, Princess Yue 
gives her life in order to revive the moon spirit. The episode ends when Aang goes into the Avatar state and merges with the moon spirit to save the northern water tribe. As news of Uncle Iroh and Zuko's betrayal reach the Fire Nation, Fire Lord Ozai sends his daughter Azula to collect them. Now some of our favorite quotes from the episode. <laughs> Zuko, you're like my sister. Everything always comes easy to her. She's a fire-bending prodigy and everyone adores her. My father said she was born lucky. He said I was lucky to be born. But I don't need luck though. I don't want it. I've always had to struggle and fight and that's made me strong. It's made me who I am. Admiral Zhao. Yes, yes, I know. You fear the spirits, Iroh. I've heard rumors about your journey into the spirit world. Ko, the face dealer. My old friend, the Avatar. It's been a long time. How could I forget you? One of your previous incarnations tried to slay me, maybe 800, 900 years ago. It was something about stealing the face of someone you love. But why should I hold a grudge against you for something in a past life? After all, you're a different person now. You've come to me with a new face. Ko again. Their spirit names are Twi and La, Push and Pull. And that has been the nature of their relationship for all time. Twi and La have always circled each other in an eternal dance. They balance each other, push and pull, life and death, good and evil, yin and yang. Sokka, they're not going to die in this blizzard. If we know anything, it's that Zuko never gives up. They'll survive and we'll find them. Uncle Iroh. Whatever you do to that spirit, I'll unleash on you tenfold. Aang, no, it's not over. Zuko, take my hand. Princess Yue, goodbye, Sokka. I'll always be with you. And finally, Fire Lord Ozai. I have a task for you. I just realized we did all the quotes. We'll run it. We'll run it. It's fine. Okay. It was too good to I stop. I know. Oh it my was god. Too good to stop. I can't wait. These are episode episode twenty one. Okay. Oh my okay. god. All right. Episode twenty. One of my favorite episodes of this entire series. <sighs> Zuko fills us in on the dear Princess Azula. Yes. This is the first time we get any kind of intel on oh, her shit. role. Yeah. You sound like an only child, my my guy. That's why. <laughs> I know. But you're, uh, everything has to do with his relationship with Azula. And a lot of, and we'll find out soon enough, Azula's almost entire existence is based off her comparison to Zuko as well. Yes. Both of them getting compared. Like, they only see the worst parts of themselves. Yes. Oh. Because they see a better part in the other person. Right. Like, the, Azula sees compassion and love that Zuko has. That and, she's missing, that she doesn't yeah. really have in her heart. And then Zuko doesn't have that raw talent that Azula has. That he craves for himself. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, she's a firebending prodigy and everyone adores her. My father said she was born lucky. And then he immediately posits himself as the opposite, opposite of that. I have to work for everything I've, I've ever mm -hmm. been given. Yes. But at this point, I love that. It made me who I am. Because 
boy, this is the beginning of his oh, journey. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you ain't know? no shit, Zuko. <laughs> this is not who you are. <laughs> also, I didn't know, I, I didn't put it together for the longest time, but Zuko is the oldest child. I just assumed Azula was the oldest. Yes. But Azula is younger than him, which makes sense because Zuko, of course, would be Fire Lord, and that's why all this stuff exists. But and I'm um, sure that's why for Azula, it, it's hard because she wants to be that. And, but he's yeah, like he, the prized boy uh, out of all this as well. Mm-hmm. And up to this point, we hadn't seen a Fire Lord that was a woman. Yes. Admiral Zhao. Oh, man. This is, again, Admiral Zhao kind of taunting Uncle Iroh. Yeah. And it's, um, this is problem. It's, it, it's, it's terrifying and it's also stupid on his end because he knows why the spirits are important. That's why he's trying to get rid of them. Yes. But at the same time, he does not respect them. Mm-hmm. So he, he he has these two competing thoughts in his mind, and so he's willing to literally destroy the moon mm-hmm. at the cost of this one battle and the cost of his own glory, but does not see any of the circumstances um, or controversy around what will happen yes. if he does it. I do feel like this also comes from the idea of how he views Uncle Iroh and Zhang Zhang. The spirits gave up their immortality by coming to the mortal world. Mm. And Admiral Zhao says that. He says, they came to the mortal world, they have to deal with the consequences that come with it. And I think that's very much how he views life. Like, if you're going to give away that power, you have to expect someone else to take it from you. Mm. And I think that's why Admiral Zhao has no respect for these two spirits. Zhao, complicated, but also very simple-minded at the same time. He's he's a good villain in that way. He is. He's a very good villain. And also, I've heard rumors about your journey into the spirit world. This is the first time we really get some insight into how great of a man Uncle Iroh is. Yeah, because before this, we've only seen him, the spirit world stuff, is because when he's been captured on that horseback, he sees the Avatar Roki's dragon fly Mm -hmm. to the sky in full spirit form. He's the only one who can witness that. Yes. But we are never given any information on that. But this kind of gives us a tiny hint yes. on this crazy backstory that is Uncle Iroh. The writing is so good. They just I give know. you a little bit and then you're like, okay. You kind of think about it. And then they just they pay it off completely in future seasons. Yes. Oh. And so it's all of its earned. And Co. I didn't realize this scene was like three minutes long. because It's, it's so scary. It's terrifying. It's one of the most impactful three minutes in the entire series. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ko the Face Stealer, probably the scariest villain, I'd say, for me, in the whole yes. Avatar universe. And this scene kind of sets that. Yes. I really feel like Aang in that moment, like, I remember, I literally remember watching this episode for the first time. Mm. This scene, me and my sisters were like, oh my god. Aang, don't make a damn face. Like, know. you know, like we were just so scared for Aang because especially when he said yin and yang, yeah. Aang's face lights up because he realizes that he's met the two spirits. In and the koi then pond, yeah. In a split second, he changes his face and that's so scary. Oh that my is goodness. so scary. So here, um, Ko also gives us f- fucking such a rich story and history yeah. into his relationship with the Avatar, with Avatar universe, yeah. right? It's because... Um, first, Roku is the one to tell him that you need to seek out Ko because he's one of the oldest spirits alive. But mm-hmm. then, yeah, he's like, but beware, he's very dangerous. He steals faces. And you get, you meet Ko, and then Ko is like this, like, centipede, like, thousand foot monster mm-hmm. that has human and animal faces, like, like protruding out of it. Which, are, bugs are terrifying. I hate bugs. But <laughs> he talks about 
co-meeting previous incarnations that he immediately recognizes first that he's the avatar. Yeah. The spirit and the spirit recognize each other. And then he's like, I was like, oh, like, you tried to kill me before. Like, he's the victim. And then he's like, oh, I stole the face of someone you loved. And then we see all of Avatar Kurik, the last waterbender to be Avatar. Mm-hmm. And then the last line he says to him in the first, the first thing is, uh, why should I hold a grudge after all you're a different person now? You've come to me with a new face. And uh, it's, it's, it's so chilling, yeah. right? And he's like, oh, I haven't had a child's face in a long time. I know. I was like, what like, the what fuck? The this is the best of like old school like um, fables that are in here too. Mm-hmm. And the mix of like Eastern um, ancient mythology and lore. And um, he's just an incredible villain. Yeah. We'll get more into Ko's um, spirit history in a second. Next is Sokka. I really like this. Sokka. Oh yeah, great. Sokka jokes around about Zuko and like, oh yeah, he's always following us. But this is like, you come to see that Sokka realizes Zuko in a deeper level. Like, hey, he's not gonna give up. Like, we can count on his ability to stay alive. Sure. And do his mission, I guess. And we're gonna just find him. And I think Katara really needed that too, because Katara was freaking out. She was just so devastated that she was supposed to protect Aang. And yeah. Sokka never gets angry at her. Sokka's like, we're going to find him and it's fine. And it was a very big br- brotherly moment that I feel like Katara really needed. No, it was incredible. Sokka puts on his strategic hat again and mm-hmm. says the one thing that's undeniable is that Zuko will not die until he has the Avatar and takes him to the Fire Nation, which means none of them, neither of them are dead yet. Yes. Um, Uncle Iroh's here. Jesus, this is Ooh. scary Uncle Iroh. The first time we've seen yeah. him really um, get angry and upset. This is when Admiral Zhao is holding the koi fish in the bag, mm-hmm. about to kill it. And Uncle Iroh tells him, "This is that the moon is not only important to the, to the water tribe. It's important to our entire world. It's about balance. And this is also speaks about Uncle Iroh's view of all the four nations and the mm-hmm. elements together living in harmony. Yeah. Like he completely, like, he won't tell Fire Nation people that until it's like the desperate point of it. But... Uncle Iroh's threats are very real here. He says, I will destroy you yes. if if you do anything to that fish. And Aang, this is the quote oh. where he gets in, he goes into the Avatar state, but in such a like peaceful state. It's not like angry. He's like, no, like this is not over. He goes into the water. He sinks in. Submerges, completely submerges in the second. And oh he is connected to this the The Moon um, Spirit. The ocean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ocean spirit. The ocean spirit, right. I loved that. This is, we see uh, the last time he was in Avatar State, he was in somewhat control where he got out of that storm. But this, this one was amazing. I think it, we see the evolution of the Avatar State. Yes. Over time. And this was a huge, big, like, I guess, leap in his ability to control. Yeah. And as just as a pure spoiler, I think at the end when he's fighting the Fire Lord, right, at the very, very end, because he's in the mastery of all four elements, it's impressive, sure. But this, what he does here in the spirit center of the Northern Water Tribe, I thought was the most beautiful and powerful thing. It was done. amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was It was great. And oh, but Avatar State, ding, hit yes, it. Yes, ding. I, <laughs> I did like this because it was a different kind of Avatar State, which we'll talk about later. Yes. And Zuko, take my hand. He says this to Admiral Zhao when he is being taken by basically Aang in the Avatar state and Zhao is way too prideful to say, to take Zuko's hand. 
That just speaks to it's it's a great microcosm of their characters. Zuko yes. is still a good person in in the midst of war. Yeah, is not. And do you see like, oh, Admiral Zhao sticks to his character. Yeah, it's he could really... he could not have been reformed. This is the yeah. right. He had to go that way. He he does in a moment, a split second. He tries out of his own fear, but he sees Zuko's face and yeah, is yeah. just like disgusted by like. By even the thought of himself, even like yeah. even giving that thought any credence. Stupid. That was worse. And you, Ed. Read it. Read, <laughs> read it. Read it one more time. Goodbye, Sokka. I'll always be with you. <laughs> okay, so you are saying this is like as she's drifting into the sky as a spirit herself. Mm-hmm. This is a quote that has birthed a thousand memes. That as Sokka's like kissing Suki and stuff, Yue's always watching him. <laughs> I know. We can't kiss when the moon is around. <laughs> when the moon is around. It's incredible. I love, I love Yue. Shout out Yue always. This was truly, I feel like, Sokka's first love though. Yes. Because we, we obviously know Suki... They had their first kiss, da da da. But then it was a crush. It was just it was like a, a fleeting crush. thing. Yeah, yeah. But with Princess Yue, they actually had like the weirdest chemistry I've ever seen. The weirdest. On yes. Yeah, but it was good. Yeah. And the last one, Fire Lord Ozai. This is the first time we don't see him in flashback. Yes, this is the fr- present exactly. time. And this and how perfect is it that he's talking to his favorite daughter, his favorite child, the Princess Azula. Oh, and that scene when you see her. Face, she's with that smirk up. on the face. Oh my goodness! Oh my god! It's perfect. What it an was entrance! Perfect. I loved. I have a task for you. I love how this episode ended. Yeah, perfect. It gave you a lot of like new just journeys for everybody. Yes, this is a perfect episode of Avatar. I'm gonna put it out there. It's incredible. I yeah. love, there's so much. That I happens. really do want to compare all the endings of each book. Yes. And see. We will look out for that, Cabbage Heads. So some, some, some of the overall points from these overall episodes, interesting facts. Episode 18, Admiral Zhao finding Zuko's broadswords in his bedroom. Yes, Of course, Zuko, bedroom. you idiot. Yeah. But I would say Zuko didn't realize he was ever going to come into his bedroom. People come into his bedroom all the time. But I remember when Admiral Zhao looks at it and Zuko's face is like, oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh no. For sure. And this, oh no. And then this is this is how well he's written like Jiao again because it's like of course like they're not he's not gonna forget this he's gonna actively use this to destroy Zuko. Yes. And he says that later on the end of episode twenty he said you had you tried to kill me and he said he had no choice. Yes. You are the blue spirit. Right. Oh. Okay. Um. The next point re- leads right into it. Jiao tries to kill Zuko and um. Angairo and Zuko work together. Yeah, to get, to get out of it and to mm-hmm. plot. But also, Zuko is very close to dying here. Yes. If it wasn't for that parrot... Oh, yeah. He would have been dead. Right. It's terrifying. Like, it, the, the... That scene, though, was so chilling. Yeah, the explosion is enveloping the entire thing, entire ship. And Zuko can't even... Zuko doesn't even, like, jump out on his own power. He's thrown out the window yes. by how powerful the blast is. But, oh, my God. It, I feel <clears throat> like if he didn't take those... Even a couple of steps to try to escape, he wouldn't have made it alive. Yes. Um, and that scene when he just like, his eyes go wide seeing that parrot, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> that's what stupid ass parrot too. The yeah. pirate, pirate, pirate parrot. Yes. And I will say, okay, the very next shot that we see after Zuko's throw out the boat, Yue and Saka just hooking up. <laughs> I'm just like, incredible pacing. This is just like incredible. This is like Nickelodeon. Meanwhile. Be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
on this end, you know, on Sokka's <laughs> story, on Love Line. And I was like, Zuko almost died. And it's like all nighttime. Now they're all hooking up. Yeah. It's incredible. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I loved the next point. Grand Grand was engaged to Master Paku. And she was from the Northern Water Tribe. From Till this point, we, don't, we just assume she's from the Southern Water Tribe. Yeah. But she's actually from the Northern Water Tribe and, and came to the Southern Water Tribe. You know what? I mean... Grand Grand got a lot of points back this episode, but now she's back in my gutter for me. Because, like, maybe um, you could have told your granddaughter as she's heading up to the Northern Water Tribe that you got some connections there. <laughs> like, that you guys well, maybe someone to know, look out. maybe she didn't think he'd be alive or something. Like, they're old. I'm like, no, that's not good yeah. enough, Grand Grand. Come on. Also, Katara's necklace is not her mother's. It's her grandmother's. I know. Was it? Oh, but she always says my mother's necklace. Yeah, I'm like, that's a... Maybe I would say... Katara never knew that it was her grandmother's. So maybe grandmother gave it to, to kind of like, yeah, you know, yeah. wedding rings. Like you pass it down. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and I guess that was the case for them. But yeah, I don't know. I was like... It's hmm. interesting. It's an interesting point Gotta to give her made. some credit. Because also, I mean, Sokka and Katara's father is like a good dude. So of course, I think he would have made his mm-hmm. wife her, her his own betrothal necklace, you know? Yeah, unless it was kind of like... You know, like when women get like engagement rings, but they're also the case where, like, for me, when I uh, got proposed to, I was proposed proposed to with my mother in law's ring, Mm. and that was super special too. Gotcha. And it's kind of just like you don't just have your husband, like your husband to be like he wants to marry you, but you have the support and the blessing of the family. Yeah. And I mean, that was also in Crazy Rich Asians, which was an amazing scene. I loved that <laughs> scene. So maybe it's like something like that. You know, you're right. Um, we can probably hand wave and explain a lot of things. The only thing that's true is that Grand Grand is sus with who she's handing her jewelry out to. So I'm just saying <laughs> that. Um, Katara and Master Paku's fight scene. Oh Some of God. the most incredible fight choreographies we've seen so far. The, the slicing of the yeah. ice, like discs, she was literally going to kill him. Yes. And she had She no, was going for blood. Yeah, like that scene where that the disc is so close to his neck. Yeah, and then like, he's like, oh shit, this, she's fighting for real. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Man, this is incredible. There's so many things. We like to discuss all the new bending moves that mm-hmm. we discovered. In this fight alone are so many new creative techniques that we've never seen before. Yeah. And Katara is literally learning on the fly she's doing this. Yeah. And while they're still both from ice-capped you know, places, there's something about the Northern Water Tribe and their history of waterbending that, like, gets the best out of Katara. Mm-hmm. It, it was really good to see. Obviously, we knew that Master Paku was going to win because he's a master. Right. But we saw Katara could actually fight him. Like, oh, it wasn't sure. just, like, a, like, a, like, the scale wasn't, like, a huge difference in some way. Like, right. Katara had somewhat of a chance if she had, like, some luck. Right, right, right. And this is Katara's with just a lack of experience. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what yes. we're here. Um, the one thing I would say is we see Master Paku's just extreme level of bending. Like, it's incredible. Oh, what he my does. gosh. At yeah. the very end, how he ends the fight is that um, he takes a wave that Katara sh- uh, sends at him and turns it into ice picks and shoots down 20 ice picks, raining them down on uh, Katara and pinning them perfectly so they imprison her, but they don't pierce her, her skin, mm-hmm. which is like completely on purpose, right? He's like, I'm not going to hurt this girl, uh-huh. but like, I need this fight to stop. Mm-hmm. And so um, that yeah. also is the reason why. Katara's necklace falls off because the ice picker fall, mm-hmm. uh, picks it at it. The and last, <laughs> the last section of this. In the again, in like meanwhile, like <laughs> meanwhile, Saga's 
Yeah, so Princess Yue is engaged, of course. That's why she's upset that she can't really follow her heart. But, like, should they just still hook up? Like, I know. There's something so um, undeniable about Sokka <laughs> from the Water Tribe. That, Don't uh, understand. That they just, um, Princess Yue just foregoes all of tradition and says, I'm going to hook up with this boy. <laughs> Who that boy is Sokka. Um, and they kiss. It's a good kiss. Mm-hmm. Sokka will continue this kissing tradition in the future. Yeah. FB19. Yeah. Sokka yeah. and Princess Yue back at it again. They're doing a little cat and mouse game with Princess Yue being like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. But then they still kiss again. And yeah, and Sokka's just like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. This is what, like, this is the- you know, You know what? It's not he doesn't know what's going on. He knows exactly what's going on. He's just following her. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, and Katara. So this is Katara sparring with the entire Water Tribe Academy. Yeah. And destroying them. And mind you, these boys and like I'm sure older men have been practicing with Master Paku for a while. Yeah. And Katara has like outbended all of them. Right. Not only she's the most naturally gifted, but she is the most fiercely determined, as mm-hmm. Master Paku soon says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next one, Sit always ushers in the Fire Nation, and in in a certain way, technology. Right. Sokka knows this immediately. Because of how the Southern Water Tribe was conquered, mm-hmm. was that they saw soot fall from the sky from all the ships burning coal, mixing with the snow, and it turns into this horrible black, um, yeah, black uh, dust that falls from yeah. the sky, and uh, it's become such a like an ominous sign that something bad's gonna happen, and someone mm-hmm. and that danger's on its way. Yeah, and it's interesting that the Northern Water Tribe never experienced that until now. Yeah, um, like Princess Yue had no idea what this was. Right, right, and Sokka right. Sokka was like. It's it. Like, this is when you know the Fire Nation is coming. This is similar to... The the Northern Water Tribe is very similar to Ba Sing Se, which we'll see. Yeah, They've actually. been so unaffected. They While they've been preparing on the side, they've been so unaffected in their daily lives from the Fire Nation in the Hundred Year War because they're so strong and they have a natural advantage of the water mm-hmm. and ice. So it's yeah. kind of crazy for them to actually be like, shit, it's actually happening. Yeah. Turns out it's because the Avatar is there. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, uh, my gosh. Okay, Katara's role in the modernization of cultural values of the Northern Water Tribe cannot be understated here. Mm-hmm. This was a people, maybe as you, as you stated before, Christian, that had all the right intentions of why women were in fighting. But at the same time, the way that they were treating women and talking to women was incorrect, as we can see. Katara and Master Paku's relationship here is literally the the starting point, the jumping off point for an entire flip of culture, mm-hmm. as we'll see in Legend of Korra with um, with uh, Unalak's children, and they become the chieftains themselves. It doesn't yeah. matter. Every woman, um, man, and child who knows how to waterbend can use it to defend themselves. And I think Katara is really, um, really the impetus, the important part of why this happens. Mm-hmm. It, it's so interesting to see that in every village and just place they encounter they have a huge impact Mm. but i feel like in this it becomes so personal because this is kind of like just like book one is water it's like this is the moment i feel like katara has been leading up to she's had a huge influence on all these villages making sure justice is served but this moment i think was so important for her to send her message that like, this needs to change. Yes. And it, it was so amazing. And I love that it was Master Paku and, and her. Yeah. Like, it was them two that w- were able to change that. Right. And we talk about the connection between the two tribes, the, the, 
the forging of the relationship that has to be reforged again, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's because Master Paku goes down there and yeah. with a good relationship with um, Katara and really the only waterbender from that tribe that they really um, bond and are absorbed into each other again. Mm -hmm. We'll see exactly the ramifications of what Northern and Southern Water Tribe, the hostilities behind them, mm -hmm. are eventually happen in Legend of Korra, but I think this is a good, um, big, big precursor for that. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so crazy. It's just, there's so many moving parts yes. that you don't really see. Right. But you know, like, it's just changing constantly. This is why this, we, we do a whole podcast on this. It's because yeah. the universe is so deep and rich and stuff that, like, are just under the surface that you know it's going behind the scenes. It's like, that's what makes this universe work is, like, we don't see near, we see just a corner of the thing happening. Yeah. We but there's a whole world Yeah, we it. literally follow just the gang, the trio. Yes. But we see all these moving parts. And near the end, we see all these moving parts come together. Mm. All these people that they encountered over the, the span of a year, basically, kind of come together. Right. And I really believe that that's part of why Avatar The Last Airbender did so well. Like, there's so much depth that a child can just enjoy, yeah. but can grow to understand right. and relate in deeper meaning as they get older. Just as we've grown with this yeah. show. Oh, my. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, but one last note on the connection, because we've mentioned Master Paku and um, Katara and their connection, to connecting the tribes again. Mm -hmm. But Sokka as well, he signs up to fight for the oh, Northern Water yeah. Tribe. Oh, yeah. That is such a huge, like, I guess, statement for yeah. Sokka. He's like, this is this is my tribe now. You know, mm -hmm. this is where one water tribe together. That's actually really big. Like he decides to fight for these people. Like we've seen the Southern Water Tribe fight. They use different war paint. They use different tactics. But Sokka's like, we're still essentially family. You know, and mm -hmm. so I'm gonna sign up to fight. Literally being like, I'm willing to give up my life for this nation. Yeah. And that's why Princess Yue cries. Yes. I think she understands what Sokka's doing, and I think Sokka's doing it not just for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But understanding like this is what he was called to do he was mm. called to be a soldier yeah and yeah. even if he can't do do it for the southern water tribe he's gonna do it to fight what he knows to be right that's good man I, and that's it's so Sokka keeps on deepening as a character like i know because he literally lied before he's like just like lovey w over ua but then when he's volunteers you realize like it's never in doubt that he's he's not doing it for for good intention or doing it for love it's like this is my honor-bound duty to mm -hmm. be a soldier, as you said. Yeah. Um, another a Northern Water Tribe point. Uh, the Water Tribe is probably the most spiritual ne nation next to the Air Nomads. And I mm -hmm. was thinking, because after UA's explanation, maybe it's because um, the Bending's origins comes from spirits themselves. Yes. And so we see this, especially in Legend of Korra, which we'll watch later. It's like, they always talk about... Um, both the, the northern and water tribes being the portals to the spirit world, which we see in the spirit oasis in mm -hmm. the next episode. So there's an aspect of like water and air being the, mo the more spiritual of the forms yes, themselves. Yeah. Episode 20. Master Paku and his freaking waterbending skills during this Talk to war. Me. Talk to me. Okay, there's one scene. He's like in this torpedo, like tornado thing. And he's just fighting all these firebenders. But mm. we've never seen that kind of skill before. I, uh, other than probably the last scene when the Fire Nation, Sozin's Comet is passing. And the, I believe it's 
uh, Fire Lord Ozai, who's doing the same exact kind of technique. Sure, yeah. But yeah. we see this bending skill, it's so amazing. Like, we see a lot of just the warriors and soldiers fighting in such in a way that we've never seen up close. It's incredible. And Master Paku is... You just realize, like, because waterbending is so diverse in its, in its uses, that he can literally do anything he imagines, especially mm-hmm. if he has water all around yeah, him. Yeah, all just, around him. Where the hell he lives. Yeah. And he was at night with the yeah. moon's up, so oh, the, yeah. the strength was just amazing. But moon! I remember seeing that scene, and I was like, damn, like, that's so... That's so good. Yeah. I don't know how these writers came up with these kind Yo, of Yo, I want to see Master Paku and Hama battle. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Okay, Ko. Oh, oh, so scary. We, so so scary. before this, we've Christian and I decided that we will be doing a larger, deeper dive on all the spirits we see, and especially Ko in the future. Yes. So we'll be saving a lot of the stuff but, um, yeah. for, the, for the end. But we do have some interesting things we need yeah. to talk about here. When he talks about the history of the avatars and the reincarnation of the past, he's, okay. of course, talking about Avatar Kurik, the last um, water waterbender avatar, and about stealing his freaking love's face. I and know. it's horrible. It's terrifying. No, no, that's... But I love that mini-story. Oh, I yeah. love that connection with the Avatar and the spirits. Um, yeah. I think it's important for us to realize that the Avatar really has a huge bond with the spirit world. And yeah. it ha- they had to have interactions with the spirits within the spirit world. And I think this was um, one of many examples I'm sure they had. And yeah. I'm... You know, for Aang, he ends up having a relationship with... Hey, bye. Yes, Aang has Shout a relationship Hei with Heibai. And yeah, I'm yeah. not sure if Heibai ever had a relationship with a past avatar, but this is one that Aang created with Heibai. Love, love me some Heibai. Mm-hmm. Love me some Ko in a weird way. Um, <laughs> I think he's in it for the right amount of time. We learn more about Ko and his origin um, and his mother, the mother of Faces. Oh my god, um, in the yes, com- in the comics. In the comics, but we'll, uh, we'll hit on that because yes. Ko and his four-minute entrance here is so terrifying. He's burned into my memory, especially like that that white face that he, he comes out with with the makeup yeah. on. Oh, terrifying. my God. Oh, my God. I'm scared. <laughs> I closed my eyes for a second. I saw it. I was like, oh, my. Oh. The next part, uh, kind of like what I mentioned before, this avatar state that Aang goes to is a bit different yeah. than any avatar state he's ever gone into because he goes into the avatar state not really as himself. He kind of replaces... Mm. the uh, moon spirit right. and he's able to balance with the um, spirit of the ocean so he's able to reinstate that balance it's a temporary thing yeah. but it's enough for him to defeat the fire nation at that time um, and then princess Yue comes in and obviously everything goes back Restores to normal the balance of it, right? but this is really the first time where we see Aang kind of take charge of something else rather than other avatars taking charge of him. This, I see this, there are, there are moments in this incredible series where things just level up again and again. When the first, we see the first Agni Kai, I think that's one moment of it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. When um, Katara, we see Katara waterbending with Paku, that's another one of it. I think Aang, when um, Princess Yue is like crying and says it's over and Aang says it's not over, Goes, oh. floats into the pool and immediately just descends into That's it. That's such a good scene. Oh, yeah, he yeah. just submerges into the water like that. Incredible. Um, oh. That's one of the times when I'm like, I've never seen anything like this and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, you're right. This shows off like 
the immense power of the avatar and what exactly that he doesn't even know what's possible but when he's around pure spiritual energy mm -hmm. the avatar can do crazy yeah. shit also i forgot to mention this before and you did talk about the animation here mm. i was watching episode i believe episode 18 when he they're all in the beginning he's on appa and they're traveling he looks different, mm. a little different. Yeah. Like he looks a bit more older. Where you know how his face is usually like round, right, right. but in in this beginning scene, his face is like kind of chiseled. Like yeah. you don't have that baby fat. But I remember just recognizing that scene slightly, and I feel like they're kind of changing slowly how they look. It's because he couldn't eat that egg custard tart. This <laughs> was like though, but it's it's great. You're right. I think, and we'll see the animation get better and better with more time and more effort here. Mm -hmm. The Zhao and Zuko fight. Oh, that was so good. Mm. I think, once again, Zuko basically defeats Zhao in this yeah. fight. Yeah, that's my only thing is like, we've already seen this happen and Zuko is stronger now. I'm just like, oh, Zhao, you don't got a fucking shot. Like, you're mm -hmm. a brilliant tactician, but the fact that you want to battle this guy one-on-one -on -one means like you've lost already. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, the more important way is like, this leads up to the handshake moment, right? The take my yeah. hand. Because Zuko's like fighting, fighting, and then the moment he sees like, oh, he could actually die. Oh yeah. He's like, no, let's. He's not about know. that. Yeah. And um, also shout out to Zhao in uh, in the future. We find out that he's being after he's taken into the ocean, he's being tortured in the spirit world for all eternity. Yes. It's incredible. We see that snippet scene. This is like Zhao's ending scene, and I think yeah. it's amazing. It, it fits his character so well. Like he wasn't going to get help from someone no. that he kind of looked down His pride on. was his downfall. Yes, and, and that's who he is. Yeah. I saw this. I forgot. We talked about this before. Yeah. But Azula, you see her face? Oh my God. I love her. I think she's amazing. Like, she's evil, but she's so cool. Like, she's you know, cool. She's crazy, but cool. Also, side note, I don't know why, but all over my Instagram feed on the Capricorn Pod, these amazing artists are making realistic versions of everybody on Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh -huh. I need to post it very soon. Yeah, but yeah. it's the trio. Ty, uh, Ty Lee, May, and Azula. They they look amazing. Like, like wait, they, in like live action form or what? No, like someone drew them uh -huh. to look as realistic as I possible. I see, but like still like it was, animated. Yeah, it was so good. Really? Um, but I just love I love Azula's entrance here and how this is the end of book one. Mm. Such a good ending. Ugh. Oh my god. And I know it's like I love the three part like we're in the Northern Water Tribe because it's the water like you know it's book one yeah, water. water and the ending is just so amazing to this episode. It just shows you that they're nowhere near done. You yes. know, it's like they just keep on being this like, is oh, a new journey. Yeah, it's like, oh, you thought the thousand foot um, koi fish avatar spirit was uh, was a cool ending? It's like you you're you're in store for something, yes. something new. There's just so many moving parts. Zuko and Uncle Iroh are kind of just like on the outskirts now. They gotta live on their own. Yeah. Um, Sokka, this is really the first time we see like a death. Sure. I feel like in in a character that we care about, yeah, that isn't from the past. It's Princess Yue. She dies. Yeah, you know, yeah. she she gives up her life. Um, Sokka loses somebody in this. Katara is basically a master at water bending. Yeah. She's gonna help Aang, and now Azula comes into the picture. It's like a whole new story now. Yeah, and it's an amazing ending to book one. 
20 episodes, Christian. That's yes. about 10 hours of Avatar content. And it's it's 10 hours. And like what you said, Katara became novice to master. Aang has mastered another element himself. Sokka is just getting babes left and right. <laughs> wild. Um, our gang is doing well. Yes. So for the Avatar state... Ding, 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 ding. It's six now, We've including Aang kind of taking over Spirit of the Moon in yes. that. Temporarily. Um, and then Power Rank Score. Power Rank Score. It's, this one's really hard. I really couldn't think too much. I have one in mind, but it's, he's this person's still like a background person. I just love these small scenes. Tell me yours. Uncle Iroh. Yeah. I really like these small scenes. With him because he really nurtured Zuko and also, also that fight scene. Yeah. He knocks down five soldiers, no sweat, and is going after Admiral Zhao. Like he, Admiral Zhao is freaking scared for his life and he just runs. Right. But I really like Uncle Iroh. But it's like I don't think he shows enough yeah. in this. It's tough because I love I love that part of it too because you hear a lot about Uncle Iroh's backstory about mm-hmm. his sensitivity. And also, when um, Zhao kills the kills the Moon Spirit, there's a second there where he's just holding the Moon Spirit next to Katara and Yue and just standing there. This is like the enemy, the Fire Nation yeah. enemy, just standing. I don't next think to they them. ever view him that way. Right, right, right. There's like he's obviously in mourning as well. Mm-hmm. My my like... pick for this is Katara. Oh, I was thinking that too. Just because how important she is for the Northern Water Tribe's progression, culturally mm-hmm. values, but also. It's not like a small feat at all. Like we saw like five episodes ago with the pirates, like Katara could barely do a water whip, you know? She can't control her emotions. That's true. And with she the really... help of a true master, she has ascended to master level herself. Mm-hmm. Master Paku, without any like um hint of like uh like feeling sorry for her, like just like begrudgingly giving to her, like you are a master now yeah. of this. And I did I would say without her in these last three episodes i feel like the journey for the trio would have been definitely different yeah for sure i mean the only other person is like ang's avatar state moment was so powerful it was i saw that as being a clutch but i think that was like the only yeah scene i mean it's an amazing scene but even when they're like practicing water bending like master paku's like bro what are you doing yeah come on Get, you know, learn like Katara is. Hell yeah. But so Katara win, win the episode? How do you feel about Yes, Katara. Okay. Cool. So now she's tied. The trio is all tied. Wow. Yeah. We could not have predicted this, man. This yeah. is awesome. Especially Kasaka. What the fuck? If you're a big fan of podcasts or want to just show some love and support to the CaptureCorp podcast, go sign up for Stitcher Premium today at stitcher.com slash premium for only $4.99 a month. With Stitcher Premium, you get access to ad-free episodes, comedy albums, and exclusive episodes from Stitcher. If you just want to check it out and you don't really know if it's for you, don't worry. If you use our promo code WARRIORS at checkout, you get a month free on us. So go check it out. Okay, everyone. We are officially done with book one of Avatar The Last Airbender. Woo! Now... Go make sure to follow us on our Instagram at CabbageCorpPod. Fire memes coming. <laughs> you yes. Wait, you wait memes coming. Yes. 
So before we get into book two of Avatar The Last Airbender, we will have a four episode mini series covering various topics relating to Avatar The Last Airbender starting not this coming Wednesday, but the Wednesday after that. So unfortunately, next Wednesday, there will be no episode. My cabbages! <laughs> so you guys better catch up on these seven episodes to enter this four episode mini series that's gonna be fully packed with amazing topics. Yeah, shout out my boy Fernando, who told me he's on episode three right now. If you made it this far to the end of episode seven, you get a special shout out. Shout out Fernie, black out Fernie. <laughs> All right, with that being said, we'll see you guys later. You rise with the moon, I, I rise, rise with, with the sun. sun. <laughs> <laughs>